Welcome to the Brit Abroad Podcast with your host, Louis Slade. Hello and welcome to another edition of the British Broad Podcast. Today I'm joined by someone who has travelled from India to Belgium and we're going to bring you their story right now as we welcome Natesh Ghosh to the show. Hello Natesh. Hey. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Excellent. I'm good. I'm off today so it's nice. So I'd like to start if I can with uh, your background. So um, yeah, I was born in India but my dad was in the Navy so we moved around a lot so there's like no specific city in India that I call home because it was like two years in Bombay, five years in Goa and then keep moving all over the country. So I, I did my undergrad there, I studied physiotherapy and when I finished I decided to move abroad. Natesh, in terms of other reasons why you may have left India, is there anything else except for just your studies? Actually, um, no. Uh, so. I'm gay and being gay in India is still a legally punishable offense with like 10 years in prison. So when I was 19, I was in a park and I was with my a guy that I was seeing at that time and we were just making out and then the cops caught us. And the first thing that they did is like they threatened to take us in and then uh, yeah, book us because it's a punishable offense. Um, call up our parents and I wasn't out to my parents as yet and nor was the other guy. Call up the university where we were studying, tell them and basically they were trying to escalate it. They also got a little bit rough that, you know, things were said like, yeah, you know what, let's take you to the to the, uh, to the police station. You know, I, I bet you guys like things that we're going to do to you, like kind of, you know, just implying rape or whatever. And but luckily it's India, so you can bribe your way out of it. But after that incident, I was like, okay, no, I have to leave this country. If this is how it's going to be, I can't really stay here. And what year was this? Oh, this was ages ago. This was, yeah, when I was 19. So this was in 2007 or 2008. Okay. Uh, and in terms of how India is now, obviously, you, you've moved away. You've completed your master's. You obviously created a, a fantastic life for yourself over in Belgium. But how is it back in India in terms of for homosexual men? So it's not that great because in 2009, they decriminalized it, but in 2011, they recriminalized it. So, you know, for two years, it was okay to be gay and now it's not. But, you know, you have a lot of dating apps, you have your Tinder and your Grindr. So every time I'm in India, I do meet a lot of them, but you, you, you still can't be open. You know, you don't want the cops to catch you still. There's also like a lot of uh, societal pressure to conform to the heteronormative lifestyle. So, you know, I have gay friends who are now married and they have children and they hate their lives, but they're stuck doing it because there's no other option. So it's, it's, it's getting there, but the pace is really, really, really slow. It's insane. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, when you think India has bigger issues, I mean, right now, it's like you hear it all over the news. But I mean, yeah, the last thing they should be bothered about is gay people. With your dad in the Navy moving around, yeah. how did you find that? Uh, actually, I, I kind of liked it. I enjoyed it because all my friends were also like um, children of people in the Navy or the Army. So you kept moving around and you kept running into the same people at different places. And you saw a lot of the country, which you normally wouldn't. And you realize how diverse India is. Because every Yeah, it, it was. It was. It, it was really nice. The only thing I probably miss is having like this one place that I call home where I go back every summer or every vacation because every few years was a new city. So... 
when you started moving around all over the place, is this from birth up until but, teenage years, or is this just through your teenage years? How how long were you traveling around for? Um, basically, since I was born till I went to university. Oh wow! So, so your entire childhood, you were you were moving around. Yeah, actually, university was the first time that I stayed like four years in one city. It was like <laughs> the only time I stayed at one place. Your ability to move all over the place with your family. Did that create this feeling of wanting to go abroad and to, to create your own expat journey? Um, actually, it did because, as I said before, I didn't have anything other than my family. You know, like there was no attachments. And I also like it helps you adapt every time you move. So it wasn't really that difficult for me to think about moving abroad because I was like, oh, yeah, it's just another move. So you moved over to Belgium initially or have you been other places? Uh, no, I came to Belgium to pursue my master's degree and I just ended up staying. How long have you actually been there for? Five years now. Five years? Yeah. Wow. Uh, have you been there before? Uh, no, no, that was my first time. And why Belgium in particular? <laughs> um, being honest, it was cheap. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's, that is the <laughs> best answer. Yeah, because yeah, I don't know, but master's education, like if I would study in the UK or the States or Canada was crazy expensive. And those were like my initial options. And then I found Belgium and I got a scholarship and I'm like, yay. <laughs> so you arrive in Belgium. Um, which city do you arrive in? Uh, we landed Brussels, but the university is in this small town called Leuven, which is basically a university city. It's the biggest university in Belgium, but it's still tiny. Like if I compare it to India, it's really, really tiny. So you did your master's there. Yeah. And then what did you do after that? Um, actually, in my last internship of my master's, uh, I was at the hospital in the university. They offered me a job. So I said yes. So you're practicing physiotherapy full time now? Yeah. Yeah. For oh, that's now. fantastic. Oh, yeah. Three years, three and a half. In terms of meeting expectations, what, what kind of expectations did you have before you came? And then once you arrived, what was it like? So speaking of school, like the university, so you kind of grow up watching all these Hollywood movies and you think, or like, you know, British TV shows like Skins and stuff. And you think this is what university life here is going to be. And then you arrive and then you're like, oh, no, it's the same. It's just study, <laughs> eat, sleep, party. It's not that big of a difference. No. The only thing that nobody told me about was how bad the weather was going to be. So, yeah. That was a disappointment. Please tell the listeners how bad the weather is in Belgium. It's always raining. Like the, it never stops raining. It'll be sunny for a few days and then it rains and then it rains and it rains. So coming from India, which yeah. if I'm honest, I've never been. But yes. I, from what I understand, it's very warm. It's beautiful weather. How yeah. is it coming from that climate to rainy Belgium? Well, when I first arrived, because in India you have monsoons, which is like three months of rain, and then it doesn't rain the whole year. So when I first arrived, I assumed it was the monsoon, and I thought it would end in a few months. But no, five years later, it's still going on. <laughs> and tell everybody, is it raining today? Um, actually, it just stopped raining, and now it's sunny. <laughs> people moving from India over to Europe, what advice would you give these people? Um, probably the first advice I would give is like when you arrive here, make sure you join some language classes because the language barrier is real. Like if you don't speak the local language, it's not life is a little bit harder. And how are you finding the language? Oh, uh, well, I managed to learn it. Otherwise, I wouldn't get a job. Uh, it's not my favorite language. I mean, uh, Dutch is not the nicest language to hear. But I mean, yeah, it's OK. I speak it now, so it's fine. And how long did it take you to get to that point? 
Well, it took me two years, but I kind of faked it till I got a job. Like I would just pretend that I knew more than I actually did and I understood more and I would just do a lot of yeah, 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 I understand, yeah. That's what <laughs> I did a lot till, till I actually got good at it. So I can imagine you sitting in your job interview, just, just nodding along, assuming that they hope that you know exactly what you're talking about. And... Yeah, but that's exactly what I did. I would just pick up a few words that I understood and kind of reply to that. <laughs> If you were to talk to other people who from India, um, mm. how would you describe your life now in Belgium? Well, my life is pretty good here. Um, probably for people from India, one of the things that would make a big difference is you don't get help. Like when you're at India, you have someone who comes to clean the house. You have someone who makes food for you. You know, like every you, you can pay people to do things, which is not, you know, financially possible here so you've got to be ready to learn a lot to do it on your own like a lot of DIY if something goes wrong in the house learn to fix it on your own uh, put your IKEA furniture together you know it's things like this so you've kind of got to be ready for that and how are you finding that I mean you've been there for a long time now but how long did it take you to adjust to that sort of culture it took me a while to be honest uh, especially like things like doing the groceries cooking I just couldn't get an idea of you know like planning your meals ahead like what you're going to go to the store and buy because my mom did all this at home so I was like how do I do this <laughs> but and you're settled now I'm settled now but I still can't put IKEA furniture together without help I'm really <laughs> just can't I think that's a great business opportunity I think right there if you if you are living in, living in Belgium there are gentlemen in Belgium that need your help to try and get uh, IKEA furniture together <laughs> yes would you have moved if you knew then what you know now um, yes, definitely. I think it's changed me for the better. I'm more self-confident. I know so much. I've met so many interesting people. It's been great. No, I would move definitely. And in terms of the future, what are your intentions? Are you planning to stay in Belgium for the foreseeable future? Yeah, at least till 2020 because that's when my work permit runs out. So till 2020, I'm here. And after 2020, have you got any, any ideas about where you're going? Um, actually, to be honest, no. I'm just uh, playing it by the ear, just going with the flow. Yeah, and if nothing works out, I just go back to India. And then somebody will build your IKEA furniture for you. Yes, yay. Finally. <laughs> do you have anything that you wish to tell the listeners about? So what I also do on the side is I blog about Korean skincare. I know it's totally not related to physiotherapy, but it's something I'm really passionate about. And I do have a blog, so you guys can check it out. It's basically koreanbeautysimplified.blogspot.com if you guys want to check it out and learn more about Korean beauty products and skincare, have a look. And we'll make sure that we put a link in the podcast description and on your profile on the website. Mm -hmm. What is it about Korean skincare products? Okay, I don't know. They're really good. I mean, I've had fantastic results with them and they're cheap. They're mostly natural, like not organic, but more uh, natural, less synthetic products and very hypoallergenic. So basically, they're nice, they're good. Fantastic. And it's great yeah. that you found a, another side passion as well. Yeah. I mean, I just kept watching Korean dramas and Korean music videos and all of them have like perfect skin. And I was like, why can't I have that? So I just fell into the world of Korean beauty. Anything else you wish to tell the listeners about? Um, also, yeah, before moving to a new country or a new city, try to look for a place to live because I didn't do that and I got stuck with a really bad place for a year or so because all the good places get taken away. So you might as well, you know, if you know you're going to move to a country three months beforehand, start looking for places to live. And at that yeah. point, we'll move on to quick hits. Are you an expat? Would you like to tell your story on the podcast? We'd love to hear from you. 
To apply, visit BritAbroadPod.com. But now, it's time for Quick Hits. Yes, it's that time again for Quick Hits, that part of the show that we ask 10 questions to our guests to find out a little more about them. So, Natesh, let's get started. Yeah. So, what's the best thing about Belgium? The beer. The beer? The beer is amazing. Excellent. What's the worst thing about your, your new country? Uh, I mentioned it before and I'm going to say it again, the weather. I just <laughs> You've just had enough, haven't you? I've, we all have had enough, the Belgians also. So yeah. what's the best food in your new country? Um, the fries. I mean, they call French fries, but they're actually Belgian and they're amazing. And waffles, fries and waffles. What do you have on your waffles? Um, I usually have it with ice cream. If it's summer, otherwise with chocolate sauce or Nutella. Oh, Nutella, Nutella ice cream and waffles. You've got me salivating. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm in the mood for that now. What's the worst food in Belgium? Oh, that's hard. Probably everything that's not waffles and fries. Wow. So you're basically living off waffles and fries. I hope you're training in the gym. Waffles <laughs> and fries is not the best diet. No, I am training though. And you, you <laughs> cycle around here everywhere. So, What do you miss about India? Um, I miss the food, definitely. And I miss like the friendlier people. Uh, people in Belgium are not the most friendly. I mean, maybe it's the language barrier, but they they're kind of shy. They don't really come out of their shell very easily. It takes time. And what do you think about when you're cycling along on the, mm -hmm. on the way to, to work or something like that? What yeah. do you think about? Um, usually it's like, oh my God, I'm freaking late. I have to hurry up. That's usually what I think. <laughs> but otherwise, just generally, I plan my day out in my head. Curse at the young kids who block the cycling paths walking. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like an old man now, but <laughs> I was going to say all of a sudden you've been, you've been talking about how it was being 19 moving all over the place and all that sort of stuff and now you're one of us, one of the old men moaning about those teenagers. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite 90s song? Okay, um probably it's going to be Don't Speak by No Doubt because it's the first English song that I ever heard. Do you know what? That's an amazing song. I know, and it was the first one that I heard, like, which was not from my parents, and I was on TV. It just came on MTV once, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so cool. What's your favorite animal, and why? Um, I love elephants. You love elephants? Yeah, I mean, they're big, they're cuddly, and they're cute, and they can crush you in an instant, so, I mean, what's not to like about them? <laughs> Excellent. I like that they're cute, cuddly, and can crush you in an instant. <laughs> Uh, it's like the perfect combination. You don't suspect them to go crazy. And when they do, it's like, oh, my God. If you had a time machine, where would you go yeah. and why? Oh, that's a hard question. Probably the 80s because, I mean, the music sounds fun. It all seems crazy. So I would probably just go back to the 80s. It's not that far. What city would you go back to? I don't know. That's hard. Probably, I don't know, probably London because, you know, I mean, it seemed like a fun time to be there. And to the last question, the question that everybody loves to hear the answer would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? One horse-sized duck, maybe? Maybe. I'm not sure. They both sound very terrifying, to be honest. Why would you go for the one horse-sized duck? Um, I don't know, because probably ducks don't have arms or legs or like arms to fight, fight you. So you can just walk around them and just start kicking them. I don't know. It just seemed like a safer option or like jump on their long neck and pull on it. I don't know. <laughs> it, I like the idea that you've, you've put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> I mean, I have to fight them off. So, and I mean, it's one on one. It seems more fair. And do you think you'd win? No. No. <laughs> no. 
getting your behind kicked by a, a giant duck would be the way to go. That would be the way to go, yeah. Fantastic. Well, on that note, uh, let's wrap up. Thank you so much for being a, a wonderful guest, Natesh. Thank you for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. And we'll see you guys next time. Take care. Goodbye. To hear more, press that subscribe button and go to BritAbroadPod.com. <laughs>